This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like lion-ass, slithering-ass snakes. And I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Black, Reefer Sutherland, Luke Fly Talker, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. It's October 17th, 2021. 21. And God damn it, I cannot stand a lying ass motherfucker. If you can't keep it a buck, get the fuck out my way. Get the fuck out of my presence. Motherfuckers can't even get their lies straight when they look you in the eye. Motherfuckers can't even look you in the eye when they talk to you. When a motherfucker asks you questions and you giving them roundabout nigga babble. That's a telltale sign, especially if you're being defensive about a simple question. And I don't like that shit. I don't like it when motherfuckers switch up on you. And I just want to get this out there. If Steve G ever fucked with you, I swear I will never switch up on you. If I ever fucked with you, I will never switch up on you. That's not how I'm built. That's not in my regime. That's not in my DNA. It's not in my genetics, man. But these little niggas, these new niggas, I swear, man, that's why I don't fuck with people. For the most part, I do not fuck with people. Now, fuck for the most part. I don't fuck with people. So if I do fuck with you, man, that says a lot. Because I don't come with no bullshit, man. Don't bullshit me. I'm not a bullshitting ass nigga. And there's a lot of bullshit out here in society. There's a lot of motherfuckers who always want to try to get over on people. There's a lot of motherfuckers who want to try to see what they can get out of you. A lot of Sean Combs type niggas. Take that, take that, take that, and take this type motherfuckers. And when you catch them with the hand in the cookie jar, they're like a deer in fucking headlights. Stay the fuck away from me with that fuck shit. I don't do that fuck shit. I don't do bullshit. Don't try to play with me, man. I don't like it. It's these new motherfuckers, man. These new niggas, man. I I, I just... Mmm. I know when a lot of people meet someone for the first time, they give them the benefit of the doubt until they're given a reason not to. And I do that. I give people the benefit of the doubt, but there's a very small window. If I could see from a distance, from miles away, a red flag, I'm taking heed to that red flag from a distance. And I'm going to hone in into that fucking red flag and I'm going to enlarge it emboss it print it out god damn it 3d print that bitch and it's going to get thrown in your face don't fuck with me do not fucking play with steve g i don't do that bullshit i do not do fuck shit i don't deal with fuck niggas so over the week i watched netflix again And there's a new documentary series called Bad Sport. And I watched all that shit within one night. There's five episodes 
actually six episodes in this series. The first one is called Hoop Schemes. Uh, it's a gambler and players involved in the 94 Arizona State basketball point shaving scandal describe how and why they plotted to fix games for a payoff. Uh, and uh, the the main guy, Headache Smith, he, they, he played for Arizona State and he got his one of his teammates uh, into the mix as far as this point shaving and he paid the piper for it ultimately. Uh, he was a he was a stud he was an all-american he was looking forward to being drafted and that didn't happen because of this point shaving scandal uh this happened back in 94 and uh the episode after that is need for weed uh which is about a hippie and small-time pot dealer randy lanier who funded his passion for auto racing by taking his weed racket to a new heights and he ended up serving some time and uh yeah uh, because of weed being legalized and decriminalized in, in so many different states, Barack Obama would eventually uh, give him forbearance. Uh, it also there's an episode on called The Gold War, which is about the controversy erupting at the 2002 Winter Olympics when a figure skating judge is allegedly pressured to rank Russia over Canada in the pairs competition. Uh, then the horse hitman, which uh, focuses on Tommy Burns, who was basically a horse hitman. And uh, he looks back with regret at his disturbing days of killing show horses as part of an insurance fraud scheme concocted by wealthy owners. And the final episode is Fallen Idol, uh, which focuses on Hansi Kronje. And he he was a cricket star in South Africa, and he, he just took the country by storm. Uh, but due to allegations of match fixing, it basically fucked up his reputation. But he, he still held in a high reverence in South Africa. But uh, nonetheless, bad sport. It's on Netflix, and it's worth checking out. Now, on Friday... Gucci Mane releases the latest compilation album, So Icy Boys, and it's 17 songs, 49 minutes and two seconds. Uh, man, Gucci is one of my favorite rappers when it comes to trap. Uh, he's, he's just one of my favorite rappers in general. And this album, So Icy Boys, is a banger from beginning to end. Uh, he's got features from Quavo, uh, Bankroll Freddy, Cootie, Big Walk Dog, Pooh Shiesty, uh, Big Scar, uh, some of these guys I've never fucking heard of, but if you like trap, if you like uh, the East Atlanta Santa, Gucci LaFleur, Burr, check out that So Icy Boys. Oh, also on Friday, Young Thug releases his latest album, Punk. Yes, that's the title of the album, Punk, and it's 20 songs, one hour and three minutes, with features from J. Cole, T-Shine, Gunna, Future, uh, Juice World, ASAP Rocky, Post Malone, uh, Travis Scott, Drizzy, uh, the six, the six God himself, Doja Cat, uh, and Mac Miller, R.I.P. But yeah, man, I'm only about halfway through that one. It's a little sing-songy, at least the tracks that I heard. But uh, I'd probably added about three or four just just from the tracks that I listened to um he was also the musical guest in Saturday Night Live last night hosted by Rami Malek and um you know so far Saturday Night Live is off to a good start I didn't care for the Owen Wilson episode I, I, I honestly never cared for Owen Wilson his fucking nose just frustrates the fuck out of me uh, get that shit off my tv screen but Kim K she knocked it out the park and so did Rami I, I'm going to be short uh, in this episode because I, I'm just really short on patience because I'm fed up with dumbass, bullshitting ass, snaky, slithering, slimy ass, motherfucking fake, switching up motherfucking niggas. I live by the Lil John adage, don't start no shit, won't be no shit. 
And another fun fact about Steve G. Before I disrespect a motherfucker, I was giving motherfucker respect. I only disrespect a motherfucker if their actions warrant me disrespecting them. And I don't want to do that. I, I really don't have time for that. At this ripe old age of 38, I, I really don't have time to have dealings with bullshit and ass motherfucking little niggas, man. And also, we're off to a late start again. I was recording from my other show, happened in the 90s with my buddy Matt G earlier, and that kind of trailed into football. Uh, go Cowboys. Fuck the Patriots forever and ever, 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 ever. But all things October 17th, in 1989, four minutes into ABC's broadcast of Game 3 of the World Series, an earthquake occurred, forcing a 10-day delay of the series. As a consequence of the earthquake, ABC aired repeat episodes of Roseanne and the Wonder Years amid the initial uncertainty as to whether Game 3 would take place as scheduled. An extended ABC News special report anchored by Ted Koppel from the News Division's Washington, D.C. Bureau with Al Michaels, uh, who also served as the play-by-play commentator for ABC's World Series coverage that year, alongside Jim Palmer and Tim McCarver, as acting as a de facto reporter on the earthquake's immediate aftermath, followed those two programs. In 2000, Ludacris releases his album Back for the First Time, and damn, that was my anthem for my senior year in high school, because a hoes. Use a hoe. I said that choose a hoe. Uh, Southern hospitality, uh, I mean, there ne- what needs to be said? It's a fucking classic. On that same day, Limp Biscuit released Chocolate Starfish in the hot dog flavored water. And that was the beginning of the end of my Limp Biscuit fandom. I-, I hated it. I didn't think Fred Durst is a formidable MC. Uh, you need to focus on that yelling shit. Uh, stop trying to rap. You-, you need to yell more than rap, Fred. Love the first two albums, though. In 2014, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, starring Michael Michael Keaton, premiered, and on that same day, Dear White People premiered in theaters. In 2015, Tracy Morgan returns to Saturday Night Live as host of that night's episode, marking his first comedic TV appearance since a multi-vehicle car crash in June of that year, that left him, of June of 2014, actually, that left him in a coma for two weeks, uh, and it resulted in several months of physical rehabilitation afterwards, uh, but it also killed his friend and comedian James McNair. And in 2018, Carol Spinney, the performer of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street from its inception in 1969, announced his retirement from the children's television program, Effective This Week. His final scenes in the roles will air as part of the show's landmark 50th season. Matt Vogel and Eric Jacobson will then take over as Big Bird and Oscar, respectively. Today in sports history, in 1971, the Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Baltimore Orioles four games to three in the 68th World Series. In 1974, the Oakland A's beat the LA Dodgers four games to one in the 71st World Series, making the A's the only team other than the Yankees to win three straight series. In 1978, the New York Yankees beat the Dodgers four games to two in the 75th World Series. In 1979, the Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Baltimore Orioles four games to three in the 76th World Series. In 1987, the first indoor World Series game is held at the Minnesota Metrodome. 
1989, an earthquake in San Francisco cancels the third game of the World Series, killing 67 people. In 1992, the first baseball World Series featuring a non-American team is held as the Toronto Blue Jays lose 3-1 to the Braves at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And in 2012, Lance Armstrong loses a host of endorsements in the wake of his doping scandal. And that was my half-assed sports report. today's birthdays for October 17th. Turning 49 today is American rapper, producer, actor, rap god himself, Eminem. Turning 50 today is American singer, songwriter, and dancer Chris Kirkpatrick, and he can get his ass kicked worse than them Limp Biscuit baskets. Happy 52nd birthday to American actor, Wood Harris. Also turning 52 today is Haitian-American rapper, producer, and actor Wyclef Jean. Happy 53rd birthday to Jamaican singer, songwriter, guitarist, and voice actor Ziggy Marley. Turning 59 today is American animator, director, screenwriter, producer, and actor Mike Judge. Happy 62nd birthday to American journalist and critic Richard Roper. Turning 64 today is American football player, wrestler, and sportscaster Steve McMichael. Happy 65th birthday to American physician, academic, and astronaut Mae Jemison. Happy 73rd birthday to American actor and comedian George Wendt. Nom! And turning 74 is American singer, songwriter, actor, and director Michael McKean. Coming up, I'm going to go across the lines with Eminem and Larry Bird. We'll be black after these messages. Everything is I don't even know my fate, so I'm praying maybe I can make it through the gate. 
Satan's still trying to sucker punch me in the face And his mind over matter keep him in his place A citizen in the city is sin Shit is everywhere no matter what city you in Did you know the human brain is insensitive to pain? Some of the people you come across are insane Every day it's a brand new trial The thieves, murderers, rapists, and pedophiles I just watched on the 10 o'clock news Another teenager just shot up at school More lives thrown into the cesspool So don't become another victim of the next fool Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry death to their tongue All blood dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all Why do we have war? Good for the rich, bad for the poor Are we trying to rewind the fast forward? Maybe after all the world dies from radiation We can start talking about mind elevation Always complaining about what's cooking in the pot But they're starving in the Philippines So finish what you got The powers that be, they wanna force you to choose But when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose They talk about doing, but all they doing is talking Dragging their feet till they relieved of office And now all the innocent blood is mixed in with the mortar As they build their way through to a new world order This room at the top, they're telling you still But first you gotta learn how to smile when you kill If you wanna be like them folks on the hill Sign the shit in blood, yo, it's time to make a deal We will we'll see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry death to their tongue All but dust before the day is done See the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry death to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all See the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy Blind to the tears, cry death to their tongue All but dust before the day is done Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy When they call and the curtain falls You're fortunate if you can see anything at all Who will see the crimson paint the sky Sinners in the hands of an angry guy special mention to those no longer with us. This past Friday, we lost American film and television actress Dorothy Steele. Born on February 23, 1926 in Detroit, Michigan, she was known for starting her career in the industry at the age of 88, appearing in Hollywood films including Black Panther, Palms, and Jumanji, The Next Level. Dorothy Steele passed away at her home in Michigan on October 15, 2021 at the age of 95. Norm MacDonald was a Canadian stand-up comedian, writer, and actor. 
born Norman Jean McDonald on October 17, 1959 in Quebec City, Canada. He's known for his deadpan style, and throughout his career he appeared in numerous films and was a regular favorite comedian panelist of talk show hosts, with many considering him to be the ultimate late night comedy guest. Early in his career, McDonald's first work in television included writing for such comedies as Roseanne and The Dennis Miller Show. In 1993, McDonald was hired as a writer and cast member on Saturday Night Live, spending a total of five seasons on the series, which included anchoring the show's weekend update segment for three and a half seasons. After being fired from SNL, he wrote and starred in the 1998 film Dirty Work and headlined his own sitcom, The Norm Show, from 1999 to 2001. McDonald was also a voice actor, best known for providing voice roles in Mike Tyson Mysteries, The Orville, and the Dr. Doolittle films. Between 2013 and 2018, McDonald hosted the talk shows Norm McDonald Live and Norm McDonald Has a Show, on which he interviewed comedians and other celebrities. In 2016, he authored Based on a True Story, a novel that presented a heavily fictionalized account of his life. On September 14, 2021, McDonald died from acute leukemia at a hospital in Pasadena, California, at the age of 61. He had been diagnosed nine years prior, though he disclosed his diagnosis to only a few close friends and family members, fearing that revealing his condition to the public would affect the way he was perceived, according to his brother Neil. Among those who expressed their sorrow over his death via social media channels included comedians Conan O'Brien, Dave Chappelle, Adam Sandler, Joe Rogan, David Letterman, David Spade, Artie Lang, Bob Saget, Jim Carrey, Bill Burr, and multiple other fellow comedians, as well as musician Frank Stallone. Fellow comic Dave Chappelle dedicated his 2021 comedy special, The Closer, in part to Norm MacDonald. His death from the disease was summed up among his fans with one of his jokes, I'm pretty sure if you die of cancer, the cancer dies at the same time. That's not a loss, that's a draw. Howard Rollins was an American stage, film, and television actor. Born Howard Ellsworth Rollins Jr. on October 17, 1950 in Baltimore, Maryland, he was best known for his role as Andrew Young in 1978's King, George Haley in the 1979 miniseries Roots, The Next Generations, Cole House Walker Jr. in the 1981 film Ragtime, Captain Davenport in the 1984 film A Soldier Story, and as Virgil Tibbs on the TV crime drama In the Heat of the Night. On December 8, 1996, Rollins died at St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital Center in New York City from lymphoma-related complications. His funeral was held on December 13th in Baltimore. He was 46 at the time of his death. Margot Kidder was a Canadian-American actress and activist. Born Margaret Ruth Kidder on October 17, 1948 in Yellowknife Northwest Territories, her career spanned five decades. Her accolades include three Canadian Screen Awards and one Daytime Emmy Award. Though she appeared in an array of film and television roles, Kidder is most widely known for her performances as Lois Lane in the Superman film series, appearing in the first four films. Kidder died on May 13, 2018 at her house in Livingston, Montana at the age of 69. She was found unresponsive by a friend. The cause of death was initially not released. Her agent stated that she passed away peacefully in her sleep. While in the days following her death, her friend Jeffrey St. Clair wrote, I've been struggling all week with the image of Margie lying helplessly on the floor of her house. On August 8, 2018, it was reported that Kidder's death had been ruled a suicide by overdose. 
the Park County, Montana coroner said her death was a result of a self-inflicted drug and alcohol overdose. Steve Snapper Jones was an American basketball player. Born Stephen Howard Jones on October 17, 1942 in Alexandria, Louisiana, he was a player in the ABA and the NBA who later became a television analyst. He was a three-time ABA All-Star, and Jones' brother Nick also played in the ABA and NBA. During his time in the ABA, Jones picked up the moniker Snapper, but he never revealed how it came to be. Jones' health began declining in 2005 when he suffered a ruptured appendix while on assignment in New York. His younger brother Nick Jones stated, My brother was a very strong guy. He fought for life for a long time. Jones died on November 25, 2017 in Houston, Texas at the age of 75. Evil Knievel was an American stunt performer and entertainer. Born Robert Craig Knievel on October 17, 1938 in Boot, Montana, he attempted more than 75 ramp-to-ramp -ramp motorcycle jumps. Knievel was inducted into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame in 1999. Knievel died in Clearwater, Florida on November 30, 2007 at the age of 69. He had been suffering from diabetes and pulmonary fibrosis for many years. A longtime friend reported that Knievel had trouble breathing while at his residence in Clearwater, but died on the way to the hospital. The friend said, it's been coming for years, but you just don't expect it. Superman just doesn't die, right? Rest easy, y'all. Today marks the 49th birthday of Marshall Bruce Mathers III, better known as Eminem. The popular rapper, songwriter, and producer from Detroit, Michigan is regularly considered one of hip-hop's greatest and most influential artists. Mathers had a troubled childhood, raised on welfare and abject poverty solely by his mother as his father walked out on the family when he was a baby. His mother regularly emotionally and physically abused him often kicking him out of their own house for nights, and the family switched homes every two months before they settled down. He was bullied to ridiculous extents for being white in an all-black ghetto. Once he was even put in a coma and had to relearn all his basic functions when he woke up. He failed ninth grade three times, could never get a decent paying job, was the victim of numerous house robberies, and apparently tried to commit suicide a few times. During this period around his teenage years, Mathers discovered a love of rap and would practice it as often as he could. His iconic stage name and evolution of the first name he rapped under, Eminem. His early raps were heavily influenced by the popular gangster rap of the day. In being white, he was often mocked for even trying, not to mention physically assaulted and shot at. His first studio album, Infinite, was released in 1996 and underperformed critically and commercially. Underground rappers and critics alike felt it was a bad imitation of the likes of Nas or Jay-Z. The bullying, the teasing, the abuse from his mother, and just an overall impoverished upbringing in the Midwest would be a huge spark in his path to success. Thirteen years before Marshall was born, just a little south of Michigan, in Indiana, another legend would face the same struggles growing up, and he goes by the name of Larry Bird. And that leads us to Across the Lines. Larry Bird was born in West Baden Springs, Indiana to Georgia and Claude Bird, but he was raised in nearby French Lick where his mother worked two jobs to support Larry and his five siblings. 
Bird has said that being poor as a child still motivates him to this day. And Georgia and Joe divorced when Larry was in high school, and Joe committed suicide about a year later. Larry used basketball as an escape from his family troubles, starring for Springs Valley High School and averaging 31 points, 21 rebounds, and 4 assists as a senior on his way to becoming the school's all-time scoring leader. He received a scholarship to play college basketball for the Indiana Hoosiers in 1974, but after less than a month on the Indiana University campus, he dropped out of school, finding the adjustment between his small hometown and the large student population of Bloomington to be overwhelming. He returned to French Lick, enrolling at Northwood Institute in nearby West Baden and working municipal jobs for a year before enrolling at Indiana State University in Tur Alt in 1975. He had a successful three-year career with the Sycamores, helping them reach the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history with a 33-0 record where they played the 1979 championship game against Michigan State, which they would eventually lose. But this game achieved the highest ever television rating for a college basketball game, in large part because of the matchup between Bird and the Spartans point guard, Irvin Magic Johnson, a rivalry that lasted throughout their professional careers. Despite failing to win the championship, Bird earned numerous year-end awards and honors for his outstanding play, including the Naismith College Player of the Year Award. Angry, poor, in a rocky relationship with his wife and with a new baby daughter to feed, Eminem made an EP in 1997, the Slim Shady EP. This was remarkably different from his previous work and a novel concept to rap in general, as it focused not on the character of the rapper himself, but instead a separate alter ego, Slim Shady. The lyrics were dark and gruesome, but took a twistily funny approach to subjects such as rape, murder, the occult, drugs, and suicide. The EP gained M's significant attention in the world of underground hip-hop and eventually got him signed to Dr. Dre's record label. Larry Bird was selected by the Boston Celtics with the sixth overall pick in the 1978 NBA Draft. He did not sign with the Celtics immediately. Instead, he played out his final season at Indiana State and led the Sycamores to the NCAA title game. Celtics general manager Red Auerbach publicly stated that he would not pay Bird more than any Celtic on the current roster, but Bird's agent Bob Wolf told Auerbach that Bird would reject any sub-market offers and simply enter the 1979 draft instead, where Boston's rights would expire when the draft began on June 25th and Bird would have been likely to top pick. After protracted negotiations, Bird inked a five-year, $3.25 million contract with the team on June 8th, making him the highest paid rookie in sports history. Shortly afterwards, NBA draft eligibility rules were changed to prevent teams from drafting players before they were ready to sign, a rule known as the Bird Collegiate Rule. In his rookie season, Bird immediately transformed the Celtics into a title contender. The team improved its win total by 32 games from the year before he was drafted and finished first in the Eastern Conference. In his career debut, Bird recorded 14 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in a 114-106 win over the Houston Rockets. On November 14, 1979, Bird recorded his first career triple-double with 23 points, 19 rebounds, and 10 assists in a 115-111 win over the Detroit Pistons. With averages of 21.3 points, 10.4 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 1.7 steals per game for the season, he was selected to the All-Star team and named Rookie of the Year. In the conference finals, however, Boston was eliminated by the Philadelphia 76ers. Between 1999 and 2002, Eminem would release three albums, the Slim Shady LP, the Marshall Mathers LP, and the Eminem Show. 
that would elevate him from a small-scale breakout to a household name, as his crass persona made him an icon of the American underclass and counterculture, it also made him one of the most consistently controversial artists of his day. The routine accusations of things such as misogyny and homophobia surrounding his lyrics generating a wave of moral panic among parents and media watchdogs alike, which only increased their impact on pop culture and made for a good excuse for him to continue writing such songs. The three albums generated some of the most popular rap songs of their time, as well as some of the biggest commercial successes the genre has ever seen. As far as content goes, while Marshall Mathers LP doubled down on Slim Shady LP's mix of Slim Shady Madness and glimpses into M's dark upbringing, the Eminem show was a more mature rumination on the world of fame and isolation he had built for himself. He would eventually become the best-selling music artist in the United States of the 2000s and the best-selling male music artist in the United States of the 2010s, third overall. Billboard named him the Artist of the Decade from 2000 to 2009. The Marshall Mathers LP, The Eminem Show, Lose Yourself, Love the Way You Lie, and Not Afraid have all been certified diamond or higher by the Recording Industry Association of America. Rolling Stone has included him in its list of the 100 greatest artists of all time and the 100 greatest songwriters of all time. He has won numerous awards, including 15 Grammy Awards, 8 American Music Awards, 17 Billboard Music Awards, an Academy Award, and an MTV Europe Music Global Icon Award. He has made 10 number one albums on the Billboard 200, which all consecutively debuted at number one on the chart, making him the first artist to achieve this, and five number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Throughout Larry Bird's career, in the infamous feuds with the LA Lakers, the Detroit Pistons, and the Philadelphia 76ers, he would become a three-time NBA champion, a two-time NBA Finals MVP, three-time NBA Most Valuable Player, 12-time All-Star, NBA All-Star Game MVP, All-NBA First Team for nine times, All-NBA Second Team, three-time NBA All-Defensive Second Team, NBA Rookie of the Year, All-Rookie Team, three-time three-point shootout champion, the 50th anniversary All-Time Team, his 33 is retired by the Boston Celtics, the John R. Wooden Award, Naismith College Player of the Year, AP National Player of the Year, the Oscar Robertson Trophy, Adolph Rupp Trophy, NABC Player of the Year, two-time MVC Player of the Year, and a two-time Consistence First Team All-American, as well as an NBA All-Star Game Head Coach and an NBA Coach of the Year, as well as an NBA Executive of the Year. Now, obviously, these are two white men uh, that strived in worlds that were dominated by black men. And at the same time, they garnered the respect of their peers. Tough upbringings from everyday town, middle America, very impoverished, without a father, thoughts of suicide, menial jobs. But these were all the things that pushed them to be great. And that was across the lines. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to check out my other show, Happen in the 90s, every Thursday with my buddy Matt G, as well as our sister show, Crushgasm with Kendra. Y'all pray for me because I don't want to have to fuck nobody up. Y'all be cool. Peace. Fly the double dragon, spitting more fire.